0: Welcome into the Bordery podcast. I'm Ward 6 Alderman Ben Piper and I'm
1: Ward 4 Alderman Chad Wicker.
0: How you doing, Ben? Happy New Year it's 2024. Cold. Yeah, it's cold today, man. It's A little chilly. A little chilly here. Uh we're here in 2024. That's right. We've had our first uh board meeting of 2024.
1: Did you sign up for soccer? Deadline's
0: Monday. Yep. We're we're good to go. Um if you haven't signed up for soccer January 8th, is the deadline I uh, want to make sure you get your uh, Get your kids signed up I know, I think Nesbitt uh, Nesbitt Baptist Soccer Is taking a little A little break To oh, work not on their having, not I think they're taking a little break okay. To work on their fields up there And get some of their fields right So um, I don't know that that's an option Or maybe they're going to be doing it Later on in the year But um, Fields look great I was out there uh You know early yesterday morning to see some of the some of the work that's been done out the the soccer complex and um if you are familiar with it when you when you first ride in you got the fields to the left and then there's kind of a gravelly parking area sort of back there to the left Uh, that's all been cleared out there's some brush and stuff like that cleared out and kind of smoothed out graded out uh looks a little bit better so people can
1: – I need to – I hadn't been out there yeah, know, since people, the end of last season. So. There's
0: been some dirt work and some other things done out there to kind of clean some things up prior to the season starting. Uh, so we got that going on out there, um, which, is a, which yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, the, we'll go, uh,
1: the mayor and, and I think several of us are going down to Jackson for the uh, municipal uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mississippi Municipal League uh, midwinter conference. So we'll be down there Tuesday, Wednesday. Come back Thursday, and uh, we're going to have a. I think spend one day at the Capitol. There's some okay. training a couple of the other days. So, um, we'll the legislature's up, now in session. The legislature. So we have uh, a new delegation from Minnesota County. I think we had one, two, uh, three, four new members go down there. I think that's right. Um, anyway, we had we had uh, Rodney Hall on on the podcast a couple of couple of episodes ago. Um, they're all getting sworn in and and getting get, getting. Uh, I think they. I was told um, Ben that they're going to have the committee assignments out uh, this evening. So we'll okay. know what kind of committees, uh, you know, are in uh, Hernando. You're represented by Doc Harris, and uh, in the Senate, you're represented uh, by uh, Mike McClendon. So um,
0: hopefully, the, hopefully, there'll be something that, uh, you know, usually, usually, we can say this: usually, freshman representatives do not get. Committee chairmanships. That's right. Sometimes it does happen, but sometimes you know, more than likely, it's not going to. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, so Senator McClendon being a being, being a second term, it'd be interesting to see if he gets any committee committee chairmanships. I, I, I think he, he he served on education committees mm-hmm. last year. I think was his most
1: prominent committee he was on. Also, mm-hmm. I think he's uh, was a co-chair of insurance or something like that. So yeah, I, 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 which makes sense. He he's has insurance background. Insurance so.
0: background. Then you're representing the uh, the largest public school district in the state, sure, uh, sure. DeSoto County Schools, so, uh, you know. Uh, ben, be an, do
1: you want to talk about the broadband stuff?
0: Yeah, you know, I've gotten some questions about uh, high-speed internet recently, especially a lot of folks that are in my ward that live in uh, Nesbitt and kind of the further reaches of uh, the Hernando city limits. It's rural
1: rural Hernando.
0: Rural Hernando do not have high-speed internet. There's That's still right. a lot of homes, um, you know, specifically in the, in the Nesbitt area, and then also, you know, Getwell Road, uh, green, you know, Green Tea, Vale area, some of these areas just do not have high-speed Internet access. Uh, but the BEAM, it's not the BEAM team, but it's like the BEAM uh, initiative uh, to bring broadband access to more of Mississippians. Um, and, and working with DeSoto County Board of Supervisors, I think they allocated about $11 million yeah. uh, to, to get more access to high-speed Internet to some of these homes. So um, if you go to the DeSoto County um DeSoto County government website, you uh, would be able to see. You can you can basically take a take a survey that will say, sure. you know, what's your what's your internet access at your specific address. For a lot of Nesbit uh, and and South Hernando, you're going to be using C Spire. That's going to be the, the internet service provider that's going to be partnered with uh, to get that to you. So it is coming. Um, it's been a year in the making. Uh, they announced it around this time last year, but the uh, the the Beam program. Yeah, so so BEAM stands for yeah, it's, a, it's an acronym. Go ahead.
1: Broadband Expansion and Accessibility of Mississippi, and it's it's a new government agency that was set up I think about eighteen months, two years ago. There's mm-hmm. um, been an influx of of money from the um, federal government to expand broadband throughout the country, um, and this is kind of the the pipeline for that federal money to be spent. So. If if you're interested in the in this, you can go to uh, beam.ms.gov. They have their own website there. there you, you can take uh, you can take a a, um, a little quiz and, and, and check your speed uh, and see what you know do if you're in need. Test, do yep. a speed test. You can also see where they're they have several projects uh, already procured to to include um, you know expanding broadband. It looks like they've already spent seventy five million dollars uh, so far. Uh, this it's year, a, it's a, it is very expensive. it's
0: very expensive because you know i had a resident that uh lives off Chulahoma, right and he asked comcast business to run a fiber line to his house yeah. and they wanted to charge him i think it was 1500 to to get him access to high speed internet and so what this is essentially doing is the the federal government is subsidizing this for people that don't have yeah
1: mississippi received one, 1.2 billion dollars uh, mm-hmm. to to expand broadband through the state, and there, this is their process of, you know, seeing which places need it. And this is all of Mississippi. There's some very rural areas that, like uh, Shelby's parents live uh, uh, right outside of Brandon, and they have very limited ability to have internet. They really have mm-hmm. a, in a dead spot, so they would certainly uh, probably qualify. But there's also some places in DeSoto County. And, and I think that it, this has changed over the last, you know, 10, 15 years to be a success, uh, you know, a luxury to a necessity it's it's a utility now a public utility and they treat it like that just like electric lines or water lines or sewer lines so
0: well if you want to you know if if somebody wants to uh get a get a job where they work from home yeah you're gonna have to have this uh you know and and especially as you get uh you get older, you may say, look, I don't want to drive into the office every day. I don't want to, yeah. you, know, necessarily, you know, I want to try to find somewhere I can just stay at the house. Sure. You know, it's going to give you that opportunity. It also affords the opportunity for businesses to, to do commerce. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's,
1: a, it's, it's just a complete necessity so. in, in your, your life. You know, everybody streams TV now. And, uh, you know, if you don't work from home, you have some type of, you know, computer at home that you use mm-hmm. for, you know, surfing the Internet or watching videos or whatever, you know, downloading things. So it's just, you, you got to have it. So it's coming. It's coming. That's the message for residents. We, we switched to the ceasefire, uh, ceasefire um, internet, I guess, fiber internet, I guess, four or five years ago, and it's just been huge. I mean, it's just, you know, when you go from 100-whatever gigs to 1,000 gigs. Wow. It's a big difference. 1,000 gigs. Or whatever. 1,000, right. whatever. One one gig. I can't remember what Man. I had, but it's, it was 10 times faster than what we had with AT&T. So...
0: Hey, come visit and experience that. So I don't That's I what happens that when, when you
1: live the historic. You know, I ain't got that fancy stuff, man. Downtown. I'll tell you what, man. You got, got, got that fancy stuff. I,
0: ain't, I got TV buffering all the time. It's <laughs> bad shape over at our house. Yeah. So we got that going on. That's going to be something that, you know, I've definitely received some calls about it. There is not a. Uh, you're the, the city is man. not. You're, you're what, responsive, man. Yeah, we all are. Um, the the But the city is not. It's not. Uh, there's not a form that you have to fill out with the city. There's nothing that we can do to force AT and T or C Spire it's to put in a fiber line to your house. There exactly. is, a, but there is a larger initiative. Yeah, it's, uh, in it's a it's
1: a private corporation that's being subsidized by the state and federal government to increase access. Essentially,
0: that's right. Uh, so uh, there's that. That we got that going on um, during this year. We're talking more about what's going on in 2024 yeah. um, here in Hernando. There's some you know some businesses that are locating here. Uh, you know that are kind of slowly you, coming along. Um did you,
1: did you see that on Facebook something about a
0: our- oh yeah. Facebook. Did you put that out? can I which one what are you talking about? I don't even know don't, somebody
1: somebody showed me something on Facebook that something about a Buffalo Wild Wings or something. I don't know. I
0: have I have heard that. I don't know if it's true or not. Uh you know, I haven't seen any plans for one. Um I do know that we have um a new convenience store going in at Getwell and Bahelia, or Getwell and 269 right there. Like okay. there'll be an off-ramp, there'll be a lane and a half improvement, The a convenience store going in there, and that there's another another building that's connected to it that could potentially be a restaurant. Oh, really? I don't think anything's been finalized though. Are you putting I don't that think out? there's been any building permits pulled or anything like that just yet. But that's kind of like the initial initial plan. That's all I that's all I know about it. Um, you know, so we just have to wait and see mm-hmm. on that one. Um, obviously, uh, I think everybody's heard about Dunkin' Donuts and Whataburger. Yes, yes. you know those are kind of slowly moving, coming uh, along. The Starbucks is you doing m-
1: well. My wife's keeping them in business for sure.
0: Yeah, you may be excited about these, you may not be. Um, the new, uh, the new uh, car wash down there on yeah. Mac and its up and running. It's in, it's uh, it's been running for a few months now, but yeah. um, <clears throat> there is—you know—we do have. That's kind of the the business side of things. I haven't seen anything else that's really.
1: really? The, the, the I think it's a small business restaurant there that can't went into Muddy's.
0: Uh, oh, Market Twenty Three. Market Twenty Three. I've seen
1: several people um, talk about that place, so I think you need to check that out.
0: We we're out. We're trying to get healthy here in the month of January, like everybody is, is else. That,
1: I need to go. I may go by there for.
0: They for, got like they got some low carb meals. They okay. got, you know, stuff that's healthy. They got stuff that uh, is good. You know, good big comfort food. Yeah. casseroles for your family and that sort of thing sure. uh as well so really really nice folks in there yeah, I,
1: th- I think sometimes we get caught up on a, a chick-fil-a or a water burger or whatever yeah. and we forget about uh you know <laughs> the, B- the bone Sibos or the market mm-hmm. 23 and and yeah. uh, um let's see uh, mississippi eats
0: yeah uh, yeah and they're um, and they're moving into a new location mississippi eats and yeah. uh cork and barrel i think are moving into a new location yeah. right there by zaxby's that's, that's what's going in yeah. that building oh, right there breaking
1: break news man break it's news.
0: not breaking news <laughs> if, it's just you know it's You know, Uh, it's just what's going on.
1: Coffee Central is another good place. You know.
0: Yeah, and it, it, you know, it's. I think it's tough because uh, it is coming from a family that had a local restaurant, a local business for decades. um, You know, where I grew up, it is hard. It is extremely hard to start a restaurant from scratch, (laughs) Um, especially if you're, you know, if you're if you're looking for like that southern comfort food uh kind of restaurant it is very hard to start one of those usually the only ones that are around nowadays are the ones that have been here for decades and decades uh because the profit model is just it's just very very hard to make it so um i think that's why you don't necessarily see those you know coming in necessarily sure you might have one you could have one move from one location to another that has an established you know customer base but it's very hard to just start from scratch and make it work um because I do think a lot of people, if they don't like whatever vegetables you're cooking or whatever, like, all those vegetables taste like they come out of a can. Well, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But you say that, and it just... Well, you you know, got to
1: get them from the farm to the restaurant in some kind of container.
0: That's true. Well, that's always been one of those interesting things. When there was this, there was this thing for a while, they'd say, oh, it's farm to table. Yeah. You know, that was a thing for a while. I was, we're, our, our restaurant's farm to table. It's like, well, it's always been. <laughs> Every restaurant forever has been farm to table. It didn't, it didn't come out of the... Clear blue sky. came from a farm somewhere, so that's why our farms are so important, and why we got to have, uh, you know, we we still have a pretty strong pharma community here in DeSoto yeah. County. People yeah. don't realize, it, but we really do, um, and, and especially in Hernando, we got a lot of farmers that live in Hernando. Yeah, but
1: especially getting towards Eudora, there's some there's some farms down Commerce.
0: Also coming up 2024, we got uh, we don't have a complete paving plan just yet. We have probably half of our paving plan that's been um, that's been laid out. Uh, so some more streets that'll be that'll be paved here in the spring and the summertime. Uh, certainly, uh, get in your alderman's ear about uh, roads that you need to oh, see they're paved. Not like
1: you, they're not like that. You said that.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, they need to know. <laughs> you know, you, you can't. I know that. I know. I'll, I will say this. Alderman Miller, he has told me before that he drives every street in his ward yeah. about every week or two. Um, that's definitely a good. Good thing. I, I run. run mine. Ben. You run. run. You run. That's a really good way to know where the potholes are. Know, You'll I definitely remember the potholes when you run through them. So
1: hopefully we get Terra Drive uh, paved up.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot out there. There's a lot of need out there. That's the thing about it is that the need's always greater than the resource. Um, you know, so that'll that'll continue to have to be one of those things we have to.
1: Well, the fact of the matter, we have to work within it. a budget, and we only yep. we only get uh, you know so much dollars to spend every year for that, and we've we've spent record numbers in that area uh, since we've been on the board. So
0: we do have, I think it's a good to good to better than good probability that you will see uh, McInvale from two sixty nine to Pleasant Hill Road uh, begin to be paved um, before the fall. Um, as the, as the high school is kind of taking shape out there, the road's been completely demolished. Um, we have some grant money to help with
1: some of that, don't we? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, Metropolitan Planning Organization, the MPO, um, is, is chipping in quite a, I think about $2 million into that. And then
1: paying 700,000,
0: I think. Yeah. I think it's, they, they ship in 2.1 and we, uh, I think it's like a 70, 70, 30 or 80, 20 grant, something like that. Um, to get that, to get all that paved. And I believe Um, the County
1: is putting in a, a, a light at.
0: I believe that's. I believe Pleasant that's
1: Hill right. and Mackinville. Sorry,
0: I believe that's right. Once that well is, it's all based on when the traffic necessitates it. Yeah, that's always one of those key things. So you've got, uh, you've got Mackinville up there that's potentially being paved. There's some neighborhood streets that have already been put ahead to pave. Um, you know, and then we'll just be working. You know, we'll be working our lists and just trying to get to as many as we can. So we have that going on. Sure. Um, Arpa projects. Uh, that we've that we've. <laughs> that we've given the go ahead on, those will probably slowly, slowly.
1: So, several water get tower, tower expansions with. and stuff to help improve the water pressure and uh, throughout the city. So.
0: It's things that people don't necessarily see, especially
1: you know? in your say, so your 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 area uh, over there has, I think, probably the biggest issue.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think the other part, is, I've heard many people say this: they're like, you know, that Hernando's having you know this explosive growth and this kind of thing, and we are having. Gro- I don't know that we have explosive growth, but we are a growing. City and a growing community, but I don't necessarily think that we just have out of control growth. Um, I think we've done a good job um, the last couple of years try, of try trying to, to trying to manage it. We don't say yes to everything. We don't say no to everything. Um, there's things that benefit the community. There's things that don't. Um, you know, there's there's areas of the city that you try to protect and preserve, and there's other areas where the you know the growth is more evident that it's going to uh, help with traffic. Um, it's going to help with traffic patterns and that sort of thing. So well, I,
1: th- I think part of the issue too is, is the government's always going to lag behind uh, development, just because that's just the nature of the beast. We have to we're going to be reacting to whatever development comes in, and like you said, traffic patterns may change, and then we're, we're going to have to uh, you know change our budget or put into the next year's budget, so we may be a year, two, or three years behind. Um, uh, yep. And doing that, and then you know, I think that there was a time in Hernando when they just didn't have money to to put into the streets, and they tried the best of what they had, and, and so I think they got behind. Um,
0: there's um, there's not many there's not many examples you can think of when you think of a city that puts infrastructure ahead of development, right? Like it's not very common to see that, but if you have ever been to Tunica, Mississippi, that's like one example where you could see. That you had resorts, hotels, all this stuff going in, and the assumption was you're going to have hundreds of homes built, you're going to have new schools built, all that. You know, it's going to become this flourishing, yeah. you know, quick-growing community, explosive. Community. So they put in tons of four-lane highways. They spent a, millions and millions of dollars to do that, and there's no traffic issues there now. But there's a, there's also like not really any traffic, yeah. um, you know, unless it's a Friday a Friday night or a Saturday night or something. So yeah. that's one of those cases where. You know, a government entity was extremely proactive in trying to to deal with infrastructure, and ultimately wasn't necessarily needed. Yeah. Um, and it can cause you know government budget budgets to go upside down as well. So I think that's why you don't see that. Happen well, I too think often. I think
1: uh, another exa- another challenge that the Hernando has is we're the oldest city. This city's been in here since 1836. So. Uh, we we were initially you know set up around a railroad, not a not a interstate system, and so mm-hmm. that, that's part of the problem. And like South Haven was was you know incorporated 1980. in 1980, and so they've been it's able just to
0: a little younger than you, huh. older than you Oh, My bad, older oh, than you, older oh, than you, older I mean, than I mean, you. You're older than me.
1: You're, you're older than me.
0: <laughs> Three months, man. Yeah. Come on now.
1: You, you and Shelby are both way older than me. Yeah. A- anyway, um, so you know that th- that's always been a challenge for Hernando. Um, and, and you know everybody you know everybody's upset about the interstate they want they want that expanded and yep that's just a very expensive project and I, I can't speak to why it' it's wasn't done 25 years ago but it wasn't done and so we're, we're trying our best to lobby for for money that's some of the things we're gonna do when we're down there uh, next week talking to the uh, you know our state elected leaders
0: so let's talk about the legislature really quick they've got uh, the next few months here to uh, discuss the hot issues and uh going on in the state um you know we talked with rodney hall about it a little bit there are some surpluses within the budget that i think every legislator that comes in there is going to have a different idea of what to do with it phasing out the income tax i think is probably one of the top priorities for a lot of legislators yeah i
1: think there's the the challenge you're going to have i think is that i think the governor has put out pretty pretty strongly that he wants to abolish the the last of the income tax the five percent income tax and uh, i think the lieutenant governor in the senate's position is they want to get rid of uh, the sales tax, and so that 's kind of going to be the issue that 's going to be addressed going back and forth in the legislature um this year and i think I think the House is in agreement with the the governor's office and that 's always been their prior position uh, when speaker Gunn was there so it 's going to be interesting to see how that works out um,
0: i mean to to me it's uh, i think the uh, last I heard that five percent income tax represents a third, or, or is it two thirds of it's,
1: the? It's quite a bit of the of, the, of their I think state. it's a third the of the state budget. General budget, yes.
0: Um, That's the so, challenge.
1: So you know, yeah, I think I think we had uh, way back when we had Senator Sparks on the the uh, podcast. He, he's a you know a, a leading senator, I guess you would say, or you know I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a committee chairman and things. Uh, certainly, ally of the lieutenant governor. I think his concern with is make sure we have enough, enough money to fund the core functions of government, right? So what, what we have I guess we need to define what that is and then once we come up with that definition, then make sure we have enough money to do those core functions you know which is probably roads and bridges, um, you know public safety, um, th- those kind of things. So.
0: Which in my I mean in my mind, I think you look at it from a you know from just from a numbers standpoint, uh, Mississippi as a whole, where we don't see this in DeSoto County as much, but Mississippi as a whole is not growing. Population-wise, so it stands to reason that there should not be a need for additional funds sure. every single year to operate government. Right, right. It should, at the very least, be flat, if not declining, as you find more efficiencies within government.
1: Right. Well, you you know, then you get into the debate with taxes. Is is you know the sales tax is that a more you know uh, progressive tax and that it's more fair because everybody pays the same amount, right. or, or is it or is the income tax a more uh, regressive tax because the rich people pay more or whatever, right? So.
0: Well, and then also I think it just, the income tax really is a negative driver for economic development in the state because you have, um, you know, a state directly to the north in Tennessee where they don't pay any income tax at all. And, right. you know, that's where employers, or the empl- employers are going to find employees because people want to live where they're not, you know, taxed as high. That's right. Um, that, know, so that's that, going to be a, a fair.
1: That's a fair economic argument argument for
0: sure. So that's, I think that's what, and I think that's what's driving the governor's position is to say, you know, he's he's been trying to get, and he's been successful in getting some some auto manufacturers and some other things to. We've got to AWG locate here. in Hernando. AWG here in Hernando, Google Operations Center uh, in DeSoto County. There's been some other, you know, some warehousing. I and think things Marshall like County's
1: that. got Amazon.
0: Uh, yep, they got a big, uh, the Vihelia, that Vihelia interchange. Yeah. Um, you have.
1: I was out that way today, so
0: you have a number of huge, uh, huge companies sure. out there, uh, sure. really large companies out there. So, um, but a lot of them go up Highway 72 to Collierville, and they live in Collierville. A lot of those employees live in Collierville, and they drive Highway 72 yeah. to get to that yeah. Amazon, Cooper Tire, you know, yeah. some of those other locations. That's right.
1: You know, I think I think Alabama has recently reduct- reduced their income tax, or phasing out over time. Mm-hmm. So we're competing with them uh, for a lot of the same, uh, you know economic developments, you know, obviously Florida, Texas, Tennessee has no income tax at all. Mm-hmm. You always hear about that. Um, but, you know, another thing, to, talking about taxes, that sales tax, that's something that at the city level we have to really watch because um, I think a lot of people don't understand, but when you pay that 7% sales tax, it's, uh, 18.5% of that comes back to the city in a, in a diversion payment, uh, which accumulates, to so the city of Hernando, about about a half million dollars a month uh, that mm-hmm. we use to you know, fund government here. I mean, we, we really rely on that money. Um, so, if, that, if that's cut or reduced, uh, the plan I heard is cut it from seven to five. Um, it's is kind of been floated around. Huh. Okay. Uh, if, if, and what, what MML has always lobbied for is if they do that to keep, keep the city's whole by increasing the uh, diversion from whatever, you know, 18 and a half to whatever makes us whole, 25% or 30% or whatever. Um, so, that, that's going to be uh, something that we're going to be watching at the city level. Uh, as, as as a legislative session, letter, legislative session goes on. Uh, also, uh, Ben, we got the the big the big bear of PERS, uh, Public Employee Retirement System. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how, how that how that is affected. I think the Lieutenant Governor, at his uh, swearing in ceremony last night or yesterday, um, mentioned that as one of his top priorities to get that addressed this this session. So. Um,
0: and we, you know, going back to the. So go back to sales tax really quick. Okay, within the well, city. You, so you can't I'm doing see. some. I'm doing some he's, math he, here on he, my he, phone. He's
1: over here doing. He's got a calculator out, his glasses. I'm on, trying to figure.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what you know what, how things are sitting currently. So since you know we have some we have some crossover with budgets and things like that. Um, that's going to make. That's going to kind of skew this number. But since July first, which is the state's fiscal budget, um, the City of Hernandez had two point five two seven. Million, so let's just say 2.5, because that's a little more uh, easier number to deal with, uh, compared to 2022. Over that same time frame, it was 2.35 million. So we've had about 175 thousand dollar increase um, during those months. Now, granted, that in, that our fiscal year starts in October, so it's a little bit different. But just in the month of November, for example, the uh, sales tax was 491 thousand compared to 454 thousand. So that's uh you know that's a that's a pretty sizable difference, but you're looking at about seven or eight percent. That's about where yeah, that, that's things where are we, tracking that, currently. That's where we've
1: been the last couple of years. Um, and, and we've been fortunate in that we've used that money to um uh, do some things, you know, make some make some improvements. So, um, I think so far year to date this year, uh, just this is budget year to date for us, or the October budget, we're up three three point two percent. Um, so. Okay, but our you know our biggest our biggest months are coming up. Usually we have a big uh, January. Uh, usually is a big month because that's that's going to be your November. That's going to be your Christmas shopping sales tax numbers. Um, so that's usually our biggest number of the year. Um, but we're we're right
0: at you know five hundred thousand dollars a month so far uh, since since the new budget started over for and us. And if the, and if all that track if it continues to track at that, and then you're talking about six million dollars um, over the course of twelve twelve months. Yeah, um, I think we budgeted five eighty five 5 Yeah, that's what I was
1: looking at something like that. Yeah.
0: Uh, so there would be a small, you know, a small increase to that. That um, that does allow for some some cash flow to to help out with the city's budget. Yeah. So, but that's the that's that on sales tax. Now you go back. Over let's to turn PERS? the page.
1: All right. So does that just? To, let's, I guess I need to explain. Or you want yeah. you want to explain what PERS no, is?
0: You, I think you should, I think you should do that one. So the
1: public em, employee retirement system. This is every. Just about every state uh, employee, every um, city employee, uh, every county employee pays into PERS. Um And right now, the employee, uh, which is you know like if you your, your employee pays nine nine uh, percent uh, or thereabout of their uh, salary into an account, and then that's matched by their employer, which is the county, or the city, or the other state. Uh, right now, it's um, 17.4% of that. Now they've, the PERS board, which is the governing board of that that group, has said that the fund is not sustainable. They want to be over, I think, they want to have 75% of the liabilities covered by their fund, and I think they're in the 60s. So they want to increase the employer side to 5%, to. I think that'd be what 20, 23.4 percent over the next couple years uh, by phasing. I think one and a half, two percent a year, Um, and and that that that's just a huge, huge amount uh, for you know the city of Hernando to take, city of South Haven, the the Besoto County, Um, and over the years that side the employer contribution has continued to go up, right, and and the employee side has stayed the same, right, and and so. And the problem I think we have with the system is, um, you know, Republicans have, as we've talked about on the podcast, have have taken the reins of government in Mississippi over in 2012. Obviously, I'm a Republican, Ben's a Republican, we believe in smaller government, and so we've reduced the size of government, I believe the state leaders have, and so you've reduced the size of government, that also reduces the amount of employees who are paying into the system, Right. Right. Um and so we also just like in, in so with social security we have a higher number of people who are retiring. The baby boomer generation is retiring and drawing benefits. Um so you have at the same time you have more people retiring and drawing benefits. You also have less people paying into the system. So that creates the you know Imbalance. Imbalance there. Right. So that's the the big big issue. Um, you know, another thing that you'll hear about when you talk about PERS is the Thirteenth check or the costing li- uh, cost of living adjustment that they do, so I think after when you're 55 or older, I believe it is, um, you start getting a cost of living living adjustment, three percent compound interest every year you're retired. Uh, in December, usually that's why it's called a thirteenth check because you get your 12 checks a mm-hmm. year, then you get your thirteenth, which is a, you know like your cost of living adjustment, which okay. is sometimes more than what your whole year is if you've been retired long enough for that compound interest. Gotcha so that's that's something that you know has been discussed and talked about you know maybe reforming that or lowering that down to the cost of inflation inflation or something um so that that's that's a big uh, political you know butcher ball of knives, I guess nobody wants to really it because is, it, it
0: is'cause you're me- ultimately you're you're messing with people's retirement yeah, i mean it's it is something with that you know people can call it an entitlement or whatever they want to, but if you are you know in your 40s or 50s, and you have been a public employee for 20, 30 years, and then you've you have planned on and banked on this this plan, and then yes. suddenly it changes, uh, it could absolutely kind of upset the apple cart for you sure. from a from a retirement standpoint, and you may have to end up either working longer than you expected in the public sector or Immediately getting out of the public sector, going to the private sector to try to make more, you know, try to make more money, get a four hundred one k, or you know, put yeah. money into a Roth or whatever you need to do to make well, it all uh, work. You know,
1: a, a lot of people, you know, a lot of public employees doesn't do not understand that, like what twenty six percent of their, you know, their um, paycheck goes into a into a retirement account for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is a high number, I think. You know,
0: mm-hmm. so, and it's also, I think the the other thing to consider. When you, when you mentioned the city of Hernando specifically, if there was a 1.5 or 2% increase uh, for contribution mm-hmm. change, right? So what that would mean for people that are listening, we have about a $10 million payroll in Hernando. That's right. So that's one hundred and fifty to $200,000 a year um, additional that we would need to find within the budget. Yeah. Is that findable? Sure, we could find it. Uh, but what would that mean? Does that mean that um, you know we, we have to go without... Uh, funding a project or what you know what you know where where would that come from that's where the conversation really leads to
1: well you know again it's it's like you're you're scrambling or you know scrambling around trying to you know put your you get your priorities and you want to check them off and um, when you have an unfunded mandate essentially is what that is when they say hey you have to do this you have to pay this Mm -hmm. well you know that that means we can't do we can't pave you know uh, this street notting hill road or whatever for, for for your buddy uh, <laughs> right, whatever it may be. <laughs> yeah, whatever it may be, or, or, or tear a drive for me, or uh, we may not be able to hire another police officer, or buy new cars or radios, mm-hmm. or, or a new you know we're buying a new ambulance, so we may not be able to do different things, and so that that it, at some point it's going to reach it's going to reach a point where uh, these you know Hernando's in a financially good shape, but some of these other cities, in Mississippi, are not, and when you start adding a couple hundred thousand dollars in additional payroll costs to them, it, it's it's going to have a negative impact on them.
0: Yeah. I think even when you have uh, when you have folks that, uh, you know, like the mayor of Oxford speaking out and saying, how are we going to afford this? Yeah, yeah. That means it's, you know, it's a thing. And that, I'm not putting words in her mouth. She she was the one that did it. Yeah. Uh, she she went on Twitter saying that. And I think Mayor of Hattiesburg said the same thing. And, you know, both of them are not necessarily, uh, you know, deep red Republicans like we are. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so if, 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 you know, folks with their, you know, their political uh, stances come out and say, "How are we going to afford this?" Then, then you you have to know that there's that there's going to be some there's going to be some uh, there's going to be some cuts that have to be made to make to make it all work. Because I don't think anybody wants to go to an to a public employee and say, "Well, hey, listen, we're going to need to reduce your pay, or we're going to need to, you know, uh, do whatever we have to do." The cities want to be able to make those folks whole because they're putting in the hours every single week.
1: Yeah, you you um, don't you you know it's it's a it's a very sensitive issue because again you have. You know, people. You know, you're talking about police officers, firefighters, yeah, you want to support, teachers, it, support our people. Uh, you know, and and when when you're when you're you know talking about somebody's retirement. I mean, I plan to be a retiree from in the PERS system at some point. Um, so, okay. Um, it it it, and I, it it is a very rich system, and so maybe there are some changes that can be made. Uh, but it's it's just it's going to be a very touchy subject. But it's something we're at the point now where we they're going to have to start addressing it. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I, I've heard some some different things as to, you know, take the cost of living adjustment and tie that to the, the rate of inflation. So that's not three, it may not be 3% every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard, you know, creating another tier and grandfathering everybody into the original plan, but then having more of a 401K plan for mm-hmm. uh, the other people as, as people come into the system. Uh, I think that may not be a positive because I think a lot of these cities and, and counties, uh, who not be able to may may be able to offer the the type of pay that we're able to offer in DeSoto County? That, that's a recruiting tactic for them. Hey, you you can get into the right. the PERS ret, uh, retirement system and you know work 25 years or 30 years and, and get 50% of your highest you know your highest four grossing years. You know, it's, mm-hmm. which is not a bad system. It's not you know a lot of states have got away from a pension system, so that may be something they look at going forward. You know.
0: It's definitely something to be watching for. And once uh, all the dust settles with the legislature, I would guess somewhere around uh, late April, early May, uh, we will try to have either Senator McClendon or, or uh, Representative Harris come in and yeah. and kind of give us a rundown of what went on. So uh, if they are listening, certainly put that on your calendar. We'll try to get you in here oh, to yeah, discuss yeah. it a little bit more. Um,
1: What's the last one we want to talk about? Are we going to talk about the Medicaid expansion. Uh,
0: you yeah, I mean, we're touching all the third just, rails, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I mean, you know, I, I don't know that this is going to be something that goes anywhere. Uh I, you know, I think yeah. that I think that um you know, Tate Reeves had a talking point to uh you know, say that he was potentially considering it uh where he was previously against it, right? Um yes. yes. And I think that was probably because of his opponent in the in the election. Yeah,
1: the the, the Democratic opponent for governor made a uh, Mr. what's Presley? Made a, made a big issue about expanding Medicaid and, and putting the numbers out there. Um, I, th- I think people's positioning uh, just seems like that way. Positions are softening on that over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, the Speaker of the House, <coughs> I, I think he finally hit, was elected the other day, Jason White uh, from uh, Kosciuszko, is uh, open to the discussion of it. You know, I think that's sure. a big change. When Philip Gunn was the Speaker, he, he essentially said, no, thank you. We're not right. going there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that they may have a real discussion about. It. I know the lieutenant governor. I think takes a position that he's open to a discussion as well. Um, but I, I think I think it's something that um, you need to really look at and make sure. You know, once you start accepting the federal money for a uh, Medicaid expansion, that it's something that can be sustained over over you know over years. Uh, with Mississippi, with such a um, uh, you know. You're talking about reducing the income tax and things like that. Is is this something we're going to be able to sustain uh, uh, over the years with Because once you accept that money, I think there's no turning back. You know.
0: Yeah, and I think that also the thought is that by doing this, it means that it will solve um, it will solve the issue of rural hospital clo- uh, closures. Yeah, that's right. And that may happen. It may happen. Okay, it's not it's not a direct cause and effect. Because I think you, what, what, you know, could happen too is that they they don't reopen, yeah. Um, just because me, there's a Medicaid expansion. Well, yeah, you know, um, I
1: think a lot of that too is, is population is migrating right. away from those areas. Right, exactly.
0: Um, so I, that's that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Is like just because the federal government comes in and says they're going to subsidize something doesn't mean that it's going to yeah. improve improve care in Mississippi. I,
1: I, I guess we I, most people would probably. I guess we need to explain what that what we're talking about. Yeah. Maybe. So. Uh, Medicaid expansions essentially is essentially uh, was it uh, Obamacare or whatever was passed. Right. Uh, the, the federal government will give states uh, additional money to expand the criteria that people are able to get on the uh, Medicaid uh, rolls, uh, Medicare rolls, and so you know I think the argument for it would be you know a lot of these hospitals you know like like Baptist DeSoto or. Um, what's the big uh, hospital in Tupelo, uh, Jackson? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you come there and, and you're in a critical condition, they have to take you in the ER and, and stabilize you. Uh, and you know, a lot of those pe- people do not have. Unfortunately, uh, Mississippi has a high poverty rate. There's no 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 secret what's, about that.
0: Essentially, one in ten Mississippians, I think, don't yeah. have insurance. And, and so, insurance. The,
1: and, yeah, so you know, they, these people show up at the hospital, don't have insurance, don't pay the bill, and so that those unfunded costs are really hurting uh, hospitals. Um, and I think uh, the, uh, Governor Reeves, uh, during, you know, during the last election, you know, it, it was made a big point. And so I think he sat down with some hospital leaders and came up with a plan to, mm-hmm. I think, uh, increase the compensation <clears throat> levels that, that hospitals receive uh, for certain, uh, certain uh, procedures and things to kind of help close that gap. Uh, I think they're in the process of getting that approved. I think that's kind of been his solution for it. Uh, but again, there's a strong, uh, a strong uh, contingent of people in Mississippi who think that that's the right thing to do is to increase uh, Medicaid,
0: uh,
1: and so that's another thing, and it's
0: it's going to be interesting how it plays but out. And what it won't, what it this is what it won't help. It won't help that people use the ER as an urgent care clinic. Sure, sure. That's still going to be a thing because there's people that just don't understand it. They feel like they, that's the only option they have is to go to the ER um, when they don't feel well. Um, so there's still going to be long waits at the ER. There's still going to be a shortage of medical, medical, uh, professionals in, in the state of Mississippi, because we have a state income tax and we have like, they can go to another state and make more money. Uh, so there's still going to be a shortage of that. There's still going to be long wait. It doesn't, it doesn't really solve a lot of the issues that I think people really, um, complain about the most when it comes to healthcare. And I'm, and I'm saying this as a, full disclosure. I mean, my wife's a health a healthcare worker and she's, you know, She she sees it every day. with People that don't have, you know, that have benefits that they don't realize and they may take them, they may not take them. They have to send them out somewhere else. Um, So, you know, it it is a very complicated,
1: complicated situation.
0: I I think and generally in general, I think government should stay out of the private sector um, because it doesn't it doesn't help things. It makes things more complicated and costly for the consumer.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's something that uh, you know health insurance and medical costs have has something that's continued to rise over the you know my my, my entire life you know sure. and so uh, it doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon so um, but you know that that's a national and state issue and. We just want to raise it and let you know people be aware that's going to be a big talking point in, in, in the legislature um, this year. So
0: it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. And like like we said, we're going to try to have our local legislators come and sit down with us uh, once the session's over. With I'm sure uh, all, uh, Representative Harris will have some interesting uh, thoughts on it as his first time. Being down in Jackson, representing the city of Fernando and the and the surrounding area, um, Senator McClendon will will undoubtedly have some interesting insights as well. Yeah. He knows where uh, the bathroom is us. at least. Yeah. he's been there before, <laughs> so yeah, he definitely definitely knows where that is, uh, and uh and knows where to, knows where to go in Jackson. So um, he's was, he's got that part covered.
1: Was that was that all we we're going to talk about? The legislature? I'm trying to think. We, yeah, we, yeah, I think I that. Guess I guess we that. had to make notes one day, huh? It would be good if we did that, wouldn't it? <laughs>
0: Well, I think we covered everything we wanted to cover, um, as far as the upcoming twenty twenty four. As you, far as you we got can a new year's, it. you got a new year's resolution. Ah, new year's resolutions. Uh, I am trying to. I am trying to lose a few lbs. Um, I'm gonna try to try to lose a few pounds here. Um, I'm not. I'm still not gonna run because um, I'm not. I don't. Not a big runner still. But I'm trying to. Trying to be a little healthier. You know, mm-hmm. that's always an easy one. I'm trying to read I, more. I, I saw
1: Natalie in the gym the other day. She she does, she does a lot of those classes at the club. So.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't know about classes, but that's, uh, I'm glad you, glad to hear that. Um, and just, just trying to read more. I realize that uh, I feel like the only time I ever read is on a, on a computer, on a phone, or something like that. So trying to read an actual book, like a book, okay. Yeah, trying to read actual books this year. So I'm going to be taking on some of, some of that hopefully. And um, yeah, so that was, that was my two big ones. How about yourself?
1: I, th- I think the, the biggest one is just try to be, uh, uh, try to be a better person. Yeah. All right. Just try to be kind and nice and um that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's always a good one. Always a good. One. We can always uh always make improvements there. Not, not
1: saying I'm not a nice person now, but to be to be
0: Yeah, no, no. no. We can always make improvements. I think everybody, yeah, everybody can always look in and, and see uh see see ways we can improve. So uh that's the New Year's resolutions for for us there. But
1: what else you got, man? Man,
0: I don't know. I'm telling what, you what, what, what uh, you think about old basketball. Uh they're undefeated? Yeah, but they got they got a big game. My buddy Mitch Limb and I, I know Mitch listens to our podcast. He's a big that's Tennessee fan. That's uh, all. We're playing I'm, them
1: Saturday. Uh,
0: I've got to. I got to coach my daughter's basketball team on Saturday. That's the game I'm worried about. Oh, I got. How brought, are y'all doing? I got brought in as a visiting coach. We haven't uh, lost yet. I haven't lost yet. So, but I got brought in as a, a guest coach here for for one coach. game because our. Um, our head coach has got drill on Saturday, on Friday and Saturday, so he's got yeah. some some military obligations he's got to get to. So, we're going to be um, – I'm going to be coaching the team, so we're going to be setting uh, setting screens and doing uh, doing everything we can to, to get a win, I guess. I don't now, know. You,
1: this is nine-year-old basketball? basketball? Uh,
0: 10, 11, 12. Oh, okay. Yep, she, man, 10, 11, 12.
1: Man, we're, we're getting old, man. She, she, so, she's 11 now?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, daughter's wow. 11. Yeah, daughter's 11, yes. So, she's, uh, she's enjoying um, – yeah, she's enjoying basketball this year out at the field house and anybody that's heading out to the field house, don't forget there is a limited limited number of parking spaces out there. Um try to be patient when you go out there. Uh try to find an actual parking space if you can. Uh don't park on the street if you can. There's still a on it,
1: green tea pretty good.
0: It it happens, you know, and and certainly you just want to be very careful there. It's a it, there's a there's a blind spot on that hill. Uh, it's just you really, really want to be careful getting out there. Um, I'm hoping that we there's going to be a parking expansion done out there it looked over like the they next year. But when I came down to yeah.
1: 269 from the back, it looked like they were doing some kind of. It's just
0: man, it's mm-hmm. hurry up and wait. You know that's how it is sometimes. But
1: is the new, new management company doing well? Is it? Is it? Yeah, I've heard doing some doing?
0: really good things. A lot of pickleball going on out there. All yeah. of their pickleball classes are getting uh, booked up the moment they open them up. Um, if you're into that sort of thing, you know pickleball's do you do yeah, thing. pickleball is apparently big thing. pickleball. Yeah, I've boy. tried it. I've tried it. It's not bad. I don't. I don't know if you would enjoy it or not. Um, wow. I just. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you would enjoy it or not. It's. You know. It's I kind don't of like
1: know. ping pong and tennis put together. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's. It's. You know. It doesn't. I may not be playing it right too now. So you got you have to go out there and we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, but I think
1: they have a coach and stuff. They've
0: got. They got all kind of people out there. Uh, they've got cryotherapy out there too now. They've got. Um, you know. So if you want to get in the. A little cold box yeah. that uh, yeah. that kind of helps helps with recovery and whatnot. Uh, we got sore muscles after a workout or something like is that. that Easy baseball still out there. Easy baseball still out there doing their thing. So um, it, things are things are busy out there from everything I've heard. But uh, big basketball season. Uh, soccer registration. Don't forget January eighth uh, is the deadline for that. Yeah, be baseball um, before you know it. Baseball. Yeah, baseball's coming up. You know, late uh, late March after spring break. I th- that'll get started up. So we got a lot uh, a lot going on Hernando. But uh, for now. We'll be back later on this month to uh, to talk about our January 16th meeting, and uh, hopefully have a good uh, a good guest on with you. We're going to try to get somebody from the Chamber of Commerce to come on and talk yeah, more about yeah, the business community just, here in, in, in Hernandez. Yeah,
1: we didn't really have a, a big meeting uh, to talk about, so we that's why we kind of talked about 20, 2024 and the legislature and things. So yeah, want to get a show out. But um, anyway, thanks thanks for listening. I'm uh, Ward Four Alderman Chadwicker. I'm Ward
0: Six Alderman Ben Piper. Thanks for listening.